Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hear Me See Me podcast is sponsored by Zenoti, the number one cloud software for salons and spas. Because when people feel good, they find their greatness. I am Stuart Roberts, and I'm really excited to introduce my new podcast, Hear Me See Me. It's just over five years ago, I did something that changed my life. What it did, more than I could have ever realised, it helped me. I have met some absolutely amazing people, some of the people that work in some of these places. Many of them are volunteers, but some of them, it is their job. I'd had this idea after being inspired by a guy in America I'd seen cutting hair on the streets and seeing the difference it made to the guys who were there. This is more than a job. This is a calling. Hello, this is Stuart. Hear Me, See Me podcast. And today I've got a wonderful lady with me. I've got the British hairdresser of the year, um, the legend that is Sally Brooks. <laughs> How are you? Hi, everyone. Are you all right? Yeah, good. How are you? That's a nice intro to live up to. Yeah, I'm good at intros. <laughs> I've watched so <laughs> much boxing in my life that I do a bit of a boxing intro. Um, how, how are things going with you? Yeah, not bad, actually. It's, it's all right. At least we've got a date to open now. Um, yeah, it's all right. It's all right. Hasn't that given everyone a lift, that date? Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's given people a lift and I think it's given people a wake-up call. I think half the population is looking at what they're going to wear. <laughs> also, they're either going to be thin or fat. Yeah. You look at your wardrobe and you go, what did I used to wear for work? I have no idea what I used to wear for work. Yeah. yeah. I think we're, we're not we going back in hoodies, weren't we? We're not <laughs> we going back in jogging pants and hoodies. Yeah. I've got mine here to keep my legs warm. Yeah, I see, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think uh, as well, there'll be some of us who, uh, I mean, I've really, really tried to keep busy, but yeah. at the same time thinking, oh, I've really got to get cracking now. <laughs> yeah. Some people yeah. who haven't been so busy are maybe thinking, wow, I've got to get going now. But I, th- I think that's going to really, um, really be interesting because, I mean, in a way, I'm, 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 I'm thankful that we had a bit of notice. I know it's a long yeah. way, but I'm thankful we had a bit of notice because, you know, I think some people haven't done anything and that's a mental thing of being able to do what we do for a living yeah. is a mental state. It's like you've got to be motivated and you've got to be upbeat and you've got to be bubbly. I mean, it's, it's our job. You know, and if we've all sat watching Netflix for the last three months, that's going to be really hard to come out of that mindset into a different one. Yeah, I think um, also it's that thing of you going straight into Christmas week, aren't you? Mm. You're, going from well, you're going straight into Christmas month, yeah. Christmas month, and, yeah. And, and, you know, we're not used to getting up at a certain time. We're not used yeah. to being on a routine. I think, you know, I don't know, I would say most people work better when they're on a, a routine. Yeah. And I think people are looking forward to going back onto a, a routine. It makes us all tick better somehow. Yeah. I think it does. I mean, I've, been, I've been working about three, four days a week, like going into the salon. And, and so I actually, I actually feel like I could do with a little bit of a break, to be perfectly honest, before I go back to work. <laughs> I feel like I'm just going to turn all my phones off, everything off, and just have actually a week off. I think you should. I think, I think that's I a really should. good idea. Yeah. I think, I think everybody should do it the week before. Just everyone turn your phones off. 
have a week off and then get ready to come back. But can you please come in and help me clean the salon and set yeah. it up on that week as well? So, yeah, because there's all that to do as well. Can you email my sister that, that I can have a week off before we start? Because she'd it'd be, be nice. Yeah, it'd be I've, nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, I've got all day tomorrow. On, on We do online office work, and, you know, because there's so much behind the scenes with their customers yeah. that people don't imagine. Uh, yeah. so she's always got a list. My sister's known for a list. Oh, she's a list person, is she? Oh. <laughs> and it's like I, I did that when I went to work yesterday we were running the education yesterday so I was in the salon I've been in the salon for the last two days all day so I left my boyfriend a list hoover wash car <laughs> like just just a polite list list do you mean that's very uh, what, you, what they call that passive aggressive <laughs> yeah annoying is the word he'd call yeah. it annoying yeah annoying. annoying are you annoying Sally <laughs> yeah no that's when the chin comes out it's like the staff always say to me they know when I'm annoyed because I always go ah. <laughs> and the staff go like this they go wind the chin back in you can tell you, unfortunately I've got one of them faces that you can tell exactly what I'm thinking and it's dangerous sometimes but I only you know I only have to do that across the salon I'm like what? and everyone knows you've really pissed me off yeah. Well, I've got veins, evidently, that when I really come out. use it, these veins come out here and my lips go white. Nice. Before I'm really going to go, you know. And, God, uh, so we all know that. That's a bit scary, actually. I, veins and white lips, I'd run. It can be, it can't, like, I'm, I'm much better now. I've worked yeah. over the years and I've, I yeah. don't lose my temper anymore and I don't do anything I shouldn't. But I have been known in the past and my sister used to go, like, she'd be sitting on the reception desk and, and she, she would, like... She's he's gonna go. <laughs> he's gonna go, go. You're probably like me though. It's like I don't lose my temper that often, but it boils. Like it'd be it'd be better if I lost my temper more. Does that make sense? Because by yeah. the time I get to lose it, I've I've lost it. I've completely lost it. And it's all the little things, and then I just lose it. I think mine's been over the years. I've learned that mine was that I would I wouldn't be assertive enough. Yeah, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't address something until it got, and then it would just come. That's me. Yeah, that's yeah. me, and that's what I, I I try and work on. I mean, I got yeah. to a point once the staff room was so messy all the time, and I'd be like, "Can you wash your plates up? Can you clean up? Can you wash your plate?" And I just lost it. I just picked up this massive bin and I just tipped it over the whole staff. Yeah, they just got the lot. I was like, "There you go." You got, so it's, it's much tidier now and it's much cleaner now but you know it would have been easier if I would address things as they come as opposed to I just I just get to the point where I just lose it We're, well every day is a learning day isn't it That's <laughs> yeah how old do you need to get to when you stop learning though I haven't worked that one out when you grow up I'm like mm, what age is that yeah well, I, in July I'm 59 and it, it no, I'm still you know I'm thinking I'll have to live till I'm about 150 if I'm gonna, to fit everything in just to grow up <laughs> Just to grow up. Get out of I don't think you do grow up. Yeah. I told somebody the other day I was 53 and then I got home and I was like, no, I'm 51. Why did I tell everyone that this person was 50? I don't know. I was like, they're like, how old are you? And I was like, 53. And I got home and I was like, no, I'm not, I don't think I'm 53. I have to my mum. Mum, am I 53? She's like, no, you're 51. I was like, oh, okay. Doesn't really matter, does it? We're from the same decade then. Yeah. Both born in the 60s. 60s, yeah. So we lived, we, we grew up through the 70s. Yeah. But then our main growing up is 80s, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's our, yeah. Yeah, I suppose, well, because I was 62, um, the 70s was like um, my early teenage years, I think. And then, yeah. And then, but I, yeah, 
yeah, started going out in the world about when in, in the eighties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like when music comes on, isn't it? Eighties to me is my decade of music, and I always go. Our, this is funny. I always go to the staff. Our generation dance with our arms up. Yeah. And this generation dance with their arms down. Yeah. Do, 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 do. And, and we're like, woohoo! Do yeah. that's, it's such a different generation of dance moves. But 80s, I'm like all over. And then 90s, I don't know what I did. I, I just don't know any 90s music. I think it's probably when I was working hard at my career. I think I just, I just missed it somehow. I just missed it. I, I missed it for different reasons. That's why I'm 15 <laughs> years over now. <laughs> If you if you met me between ninety and ninety five, I wouldn't have a clue who you are. Who you are? No. I, I, lo- I lost that. I, funny enough, though, I opened my salon in eighty eight. Yeah. So I, I started work at seventy eight in, in seventy eight. <laughs> I started work at seventy eight. Yeah, felt like Going it. Back. I, I was uh, fifteen years and ten months. I started work, and I, it, it's nineteen seventy eight, and then yeah. 10 years and then I sold my house. I, I was married and divorced by then. Yeah. <laughs> and sold my house and bought a salon. I yeah. bought an empty unit and, and me and my dad converted it to a salon. Um, and then, you know, like, it, that's the, it's such a long time ago, you know? You, yeah. Like, oh my God, where is that? So I was, yeah, that was, that was in 88. Yeah, so that's was, 88, yeah. yeah. That was a brilliant time to be around doing it, though. It was brilliant. Oh, it was, it, yeah. was, it was such a different era. And even in, I, I love the fact that I was a hairdresser in the late 70s. Yeah. Training. Because I was at the cusp of shampoo and sets and blow drying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had the foundation of, of, of shampoo and set and hair up and, and then, but just on also the, the thing of the, the cutting was, you know. Yeah, amazing. Like, yeah, the great teacher who was a brilliant precision cutter, but also I had the influence of the of the dressing, hairdressing, you know. And we used to do the colour trophy then, and it was more, it was so like all night and colourful, yeah. and it wasn't like commercial, as it? It was big, yeah. Yeah, it was really big, and uh, at the Royal Albert Hall on the floor, you know. Amazing. It, it was, See, there was really big shows then as well. There was really big yeah. events. Like yeah. it was, you know, I'm really thankful that I was around in the big events. I mean, all the big things. It was brilliant. Yeah, I mean that. That I remember the colour trophy. Like you know, the more I got hole on the floor, it, it was such a big event. You know, mm. um, and uh, I think I come one place in front of my boss. So I was really charmed. Oh, brilliant! Did you love that? Did you wind it up? Did you stir it in all the time? Yeah, oh, for years. Uh, I'm such an arrogant little twat. Well, I, yeah, I, yeah. I look back and I cringe. Right? Yeah. You know. <laughs> but that's good though, because that's what you, you learn. That that's not the person you want to be eventually. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, you don't have to stay who you are. No, you, know, you don't. Life's taught me that. You know, there's, yeah. there's always room for growth. And, yeah. You know, and then and as well, life throws things at you. And yeah. What they say, you either. I either win or I learn. So you don't necessarily have to lose, do you? you no. Um, everything's a growing thing. Um, yeah. So Sally Brooks, take me back to the young Sally Brooks, the little girl. Where was she going in life? And where did she end up here? God, so bloody long ago, isn't it? Um, hang on, my dogs are about to come in. Hang on, let's just get over this palaver thing for two minutes. Yeah. 
and then they'll come back. You've got one, one in front of the camera and one behind, haven't you? You normally... Yeah, one one is not interested and one's... Yeah, hang on, is he going to put them in here? No. Oh, no, they're gone. Sorry, they're gone in the kitchen. So, young Sally Brooks. Um, ooh, I would say the word that springs to mind growing up is stubborn. Um, I, I, when I was at school... You know, you know when people can remember their school teachers' names? I can't remember any. But I, I completely have no idea of any school teachers. To me, school was, I went, it was a little bit irrelevant. Can't say I was bad, can't say I was good, just couldn't wait to leave. Um, didn't see the point of it. Knew that most of the things I was learning weren't going to benefit what I was going to do. I would say that if there was an A star in um, common sense. Oh, dogs, hang on. <sighs> Sally, to get her dogs. Quickly, come and say hello quickly so we can get on with this. Come say hello. Quick, quick. Hello. Oh, here's the other one. Come on, quick. Sorry, this will just take two minutes. That's fine. Quick, come there. Quick, come and say hello as well. Oh, here we go. No, you put muddy print paws all over me. That's That's lovely. Right, are we good? Are we good? Yeah. There we go. I've said hello. Right, James. Boy or a girl? Both girls. Both girls. James, what are you doing? What are you doing? Look. Sorry. That's okay. I'm right in the middle of a life. Were you having to talk? I know, but they were scratching. Come on, come on, quick. Go, 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 go. Go, 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 go. Go. Go, 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 go. Right, that'll do. Oh, they have to do that. Okay, so, school. Um, <laughs> school. Didn't really, didn't really see the point of it. Yeah. Didn't, didn't understand why they were teaching me physics and biology. Yeah. I didn't really go to a very artistic school. I don't actually think in our generation. Do you think there, was, there's not as, there wasn't as much choice? No. I mean... I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, you know, when I left school and they pull you in the office and they talk to you about your potential career choice, I mean, I was told I was going to be a secretary or if I worked really hard, a, a dental assistant. Oh. I mean, I was like, oh, <laughs> amazing. I was like, mm, stubborn. my stubborn me goes, it's okay, I don't need your help. I'll just find something that I want to do myself. But now I think there's so much choice that I think that would be as confusing. Whereas with... with yeah, too much choice. Whereas with me, it was like trying to find something that I really enjoyed doing and see where that would take me on my career. And I think that's really good advice to any youngster. Go into something that you like doing and the opportunities will open into something else. Yeah. Um, never wanted to be a hairdresser. No. Um, I'm from a small village. That was just not in the equation for me at all. I could think of nothing worse than standing in a salon, cutting somebody's hair. There's no way, there's no way. So I was... Cut it short, I was going to, I wanted to go to this theatrical makeup school. I wanted to be a theatrical makeup artist. That was my plan. But it was a really expensive course and we just didn't have the money to pay for it. So stubborn me got a job in a florist, um, which I adored. I think it's a really similar job, actually. I think hairdressing and floristry is a similar emotion and a, and a similar job. Um, so went to work in this florist. I was earning £33.50 a week. So for me to be able to save up to go to this expensive college was going to take quite a long time. And my door's going now. Can I just go and answer the door? Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. 
Sally's gone to answer the door. She's <laughs> chaotic but lovely. <laughs> this this is the thing with doing things at home, isn't it? Oh my god! Sorry, right? What? That should be good now. I think that's the frames for my artwork. Actually, that's quite exciting. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, we need to go to this college. Started work as a as a makeup artist. Um, uh, started work as a florist. Worked for a year and a half in a florist, and thirty three pound a week. I adored that job. Absolutely, I don't. I would never have made any money. No. Every time the kids came to get flowers on Mother's Day, I'd be like, oh, you don't have to pay me. It's okay. You can have that one. Take a bigger bunch for your mum. My boss was always like, you'd never make any money in this. Anyway, needed to get a job that paid more money. And this time I was working four, week, four nights a week washing up in a restaurant because there was no dishwashers at that time. So I was the dishwasher. So I was washing up in a restaurant and I was working on Sundays in a local shop, you know, just helping in the local shop. So saw a job advertised for a garden centre um, needed a horticulture degree. Bearing in mind, I'm 17, 17. Needed a, needed a horticulture degree. Put my mum's suit on, put loads of makeup on, just passed my driving test, drove to the interview, told them I was, I'd got a horticulture degree and I'd got loads of experience. Cut long story short, they gave me the job. I worked there for a year and a half. I managed at this garden centre. I had staff and I had a, a, a cafeteria and I pretended for a year and a half that I knew what I was doing. Every plant was don't overwater it and don't put it in direct sunlight. That's yeah. pretty straightforward, isn't it? Anyway, cut a long story short. At the end of it, I'd saved enough money for half of this college course. My parents gave me the other half. Now, when I left this um, garden centre, they bought me some suitcases and they did this speech and they said, we just wanted to thank Sally for her hard work and wish her the best in the future. And just to let her know that we've known her parents for many, many years and we've known her since she was born. So in other words, I spent a year and a half pretending I was 23 with a horticulture degree when this couple actually knew I was 17, 18. I think that's actually incredible. I think that's actually incredible. Anyway, I then went to Nottingham and I did this uh, makeup course, uh, theatrical makeup. I could make you a great beard and a moustache and I could cast your head into a you horror movie. I could do all of that. Right. <laughs> now, because I'm from a small village, I've got parents that didn't really understand theatrical makeup artist. Mm. And they always think that makeup artists and things like that is a hobby. It was always a, it wasn't a job, it was a hobby. So I really had to prove them wrong when I left. So I left with the most hideous portfolio of when I look back on it going, oh my God, it was just horrific. A friend of mine at the time was working um, in London. I just needed to get myself to London anyway. I just needed any job, any job at all to get to London. Job came up as an apprentice hairdresser in a company called Trevor Sorbis. Yeah, like you do. <laughs> Never heard of him. <laughs> yeah. Hadn't got a clue. I was 20 at this time. So um, I went for the interview. Uh, Trevor asked me how long I'd been hairdressing because you had to qualify at the age of 21. Right. The apprenticeship is three years long. Yeah. I was 20. So I quickly did the maths and I told him I'd been hairdressing for two years. I'd never picked a pair of scissors up. I'm one of them people, you'll, you'll learn this as we go on, I'm one of them people I say yes, and then I work it out later. Yeah. I kind of, I always go, yep, I can do that. And then I go, right, how do I work this out? Yeah, I relate to that. Do you, are you? There's yeah. very rarely the word no, because I'm like, no is a full stop, whereas yeah. yes is a, 
I've still got a little bit of time to work this out. All right, so told him I'd been hairdressing for two years, gave me the, the trial apprenticeship job. After the first week, they asked me to cut a bob. I've been watching all week. Can't be that hard. Stick the head down, cut a straight line all the way around in one section. You know, I picked the scissors. I think I was holding them with these fingers at the time. I was like, I haven't got a clue. Cut this thing. Anyway, yeah, like this. So the girl, I'll never forget this poor model that I had. So it was meant to be like this. So she sit, obviously I cut it all down. So she sits up and it's like that. <laughs> Purdy. So, yeah, Purdy. It was quite nice. She looked quite nice, but it was, was not what I was meant to cut. Anyway, I was like, um, got called in the office and um, Trevor said to me, or the manager said to me, either one, um, how long have you actually been hairdressing? And I was like, a week. <laughs> <laughs> and they said to me um, as much as we, we like you um, unfortunately we have to ask you to leave because it's a three year training and you have to be qualified by 21 so unfortunately you can't stay yeah. and I never forget turning around and when going to walk out the office and turning back and just asking one question and I always teach everybody this just ask the question yeah. it's only a question the worst somebody can say to you is no and I said is it three years worth of time or three years worth of exams? And Trevor said, I don't understand the question. I said, it's really simple. Is it three years worth of time or do I have to pass every exam? And he's like, you have to pass every exam. I said, in that case, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. You so much. I thought I was, I thought I was cocky. Yeah. I don't, even, I don't even know if it's cocky. It's just I loved it. As soon as I walked into I, that salon. Yeah. The people were not people I'd met before. Yeah. The, I was, I was yeah. so like a fish out of water. I was this yeah. tiny little country girl with blonde cap highlights. Right. And I walked into a time at Trevor's where it was the most creative group of people working there. It was insane. I did not fit into this world at all. Mm. At all. I was really... I was, I was, I stood out like a sore thumb for just being this country bumpkin, but I loved the energy. It was something I'd never come across in my life yeah. before. So even if I never stayed there and qualified, I wanted to find out more about it. So that's how I started hairdressing. And the more, the more, I think it really helped me that I didn't know who Trevor was. And I didn't know, I didn't understand hairdressing. I didn't understand there was famous hairdressers or I didn't actually know any, anything about hairdressing. So at that time, we were in the smaller salon at Trevor's and he used to have his office basically where I used to wash up. So I used to be in the galley, we used to call it, washing up all the time. And I just used to listen all the time to his meetings, everything that he was talking about and the PR companies, I've never heard of one of them and him starting to design shows and how he talked to his choreographer and, you know, talking to a makeup artist. And I was like, this is a different world for me. And yeah. I don't know which part of it I want, but I want to find out if there's more to it. And I just fell in love with it the more I was surrounded by it. Yeah. I think that's something we don't shout about enough in hairdressing is the different opportunities that hairdressing has. Yeah. Um, and, I'm, and, and on the other hand, Stuart, I, I think we shout about the, the posh part of the industry too much, mm. the famous part. Actually, there's a lot more to it than that. There's a lot more to the industry that we don't promote. We go, you can stand on stage and you can travel the world. 90% of hairdressers don't want to do that. No. Or get the opportunity. Or get, or get the opportunity. Um, and it's something, as an, as an industry, I feel like we need to figure out, because somebody like me would never have come into hairdressing. 
No. Do you know what I mean? And how many amazing people are there out there that we we can attract into different parts of what we do as a, as, a, as an industry? Yeah, I'm, I, I was lucky enough yesterday. I done a, a talk to a college in Milton Keynes. By yeah, thing, and um, I, I, I was trying to get that. It's on the fresh off the back of my mind of the what we did with the Hair to Love campaign was was to sort of remind them of, of they could excel in any aspects of it that they did. You know, yeah. If you're, gonna, if, you're gonna, if you're gonna be a freelance hairdresser, you know, like be a great one. Yeah. Yeah. I would say be a great one. Yes. Salon stylist, be a great one. You know, yeah. the thing of whatever, there's so many different aspects of the industry you can go into, but, you know, be passionate about your, your part of it. Yeah. But, and also it's like the part of your training is like, just do it well. Don't rush it. Yeah. I mean, there's a girl that used to work for me a long time ago. She was actually an apprentice with me at um, Trevor Sorby's. And then um, she came to work for me for six months because she needed a fill-in job, basically. This is a long time ago when I first opened the salon. She needed a six-month fill-in job because she was training to do move into um, TV hair and film hair. And she's just won a BAFTA. And I'm so proud of her. For, for doing her hairdressing training, becoming a good hairdresser, but then finding something within the industry that she's just excelled at. I think it's incredible where people can go with it. I yeah. really do. I think as a salon owner as well, you, 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 when you're the boss, people always are, uh, people often think that you're in it for, for, for yourself. You know, that it, mm. that's what you, you're the boss, you, you know. Like, mm. But there's nothing better... Yeah, I'm going to say for me, it's the opposite to that. You pay packet, you know, like to, to give someone, you know, like, yeah. it's not anymore because I'm, I'm saying pay packets, everyone is. But you give someone a big fat pay packet, like you. And you're feel, really happy. Yeah. Yeah, I still do that now. If, if I look at some of their wages when it comes in and I'm like, oh my God, so and so hit their target, I get really yeah. excited. Yeah. So I do, I do think people misjudge that. It's why people open salons. I, I love nothing more than seeing people grow. I, I love it. I love it. Yeah. So anyway, that's my journey into hairdressing. And then, you know, the other battle I had, just so you know, is once you arrive at somewhere like Trevor's, how the hell you get noticed in that place? Yeah. Because the talent that was in there yeah. and the, was just phenomenal. Do you know what I mean? So I just put my head down and worked really hard, really hard. Um, I hated being a junior. I hated sweeping the floor. I hated all of that. I just wanted to just get on with it. And when I took my final test, which I, I did my training in um, 14 months in the end, it took me 14 months from start to finish. Um, and I did my final test. And I, and I can't say my final test was the best final test Trevor has ever seen. But like he said, for God's sake, just throw her on the floor and she's going to either sink or swim. Yeah. And I think that's, that was really good advice. Do you know what I mean? There's no point keeping me training anymore. I just needed to make some mistakes and get on with it and see what happened really. Yeah. But there was honestly that time, particularly I loved some of the people that worked there. They were bonkers. I was so scared of them. They were so bonkers. I loved it. It's funny. Cause you said, you said that you, you fell in love with it. The minute you went into that environment, it was the fact that 
as you said, you weren't cocky. You just didn't want to. You, you didn't want it to be taken away from you. Mm. And I, I was the same. I came from a sort of working class background. Uh, my dad was, you know, worked in a in a clay plant, and I was going to be. I was rough. I was a rough kid, you know. Mm. And I and I I, I I went in this place, and it was it blew my mind because mm. uh, I it was it was so different. And mm. it was so flamboyant and it was so creative and mm. you know and it was so but also so disciplined don't you think like yeah. you had to you couldn't you had to be really disciplined yeah and I think that's a really healthy thing to do when you're young I think it could do with more of that I don't want to be the old guy who says it in our day but I think it could do with more of that because uh, I hated it but it helped I'm me. really thankful for it so grateful for it yeah I'm so grateful for it there was a I worked for a company called it was a local Essex salon and it was uh, they had a couple of salons and it was uh, uh, Lorenz Doré and it was Michael Doré and Edgar Lorenz and and like Edgar was this really he was such a I really really admired him he was he was like uh, in the RAF and he was uh, he had such a life um, and uh, he was strict you mm-hmm. know he was he he was like he sort of took a breath in when he walked in the in the place, mm. and I never forget I'd been partying on a Friday night, and I was on reception on a Saturday morning, and I just you know when you just lean back against the wall a little bit, and I just I must have just closed my eyes for a second, and to, that's when he walked in. I never brilliant, forget. and he just looked. It just. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, it's, it, I'm laughing because it's like if my if my junior and my assistants lean on the walls, I always this is my sentence. I always go, walls are for holding buildings up, not for holding people up. <laughs> That's what I always go. Walls are for holding buildings up, not for holding people up. Yeah, it was the dread. And funny enough, you, I was actually aware of Trevor at a very like quite a very young age of the career because my uh, what, the other partner was Michael Dory, and I'm sure he'd done a tour of Canada. I remember rightly with Trevor stage tour, yeah. which in them days you would go to Canada and do a, a tour of big stage. A hundred percent. See, that's what I did with him all the time. Yeah, yeah. big stages, big productions, amazing. And um, but uh, I can imagine that it's it's to be a small fish in a big pond like that. It's hard to, as you say, but it's work. That's the thing. You know, like you said, it's that work ethic. And sometimes you do have to roll your sleeves up. And you have to, and you see the ones who put the work in, there's flair and then there's hard graft. Yeah, and it's something, you know, I, I always say, I, I think hard work beats natural talent yeah. every time. It, it does. If, you're, if you've got to work a bit harder, you, you eventually over, go over the natural talent because the natural talent haven't had to work as hard. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I think... Hard work really, really, really pays off. But it doesn't mean it doesn't mean hard work working silly. It means hard work working clever. Does that make sense? I mean, I was always first person in, last person out. Always made sure the salon was clean. Always, like I always say, when I was an apprentice, is a good apprentice does something to make that person's job easier. Yeah, it doesn't. They don't do something to make that job person's job harder, and that's something I tried really hard to do. Um, I was Trevor's personal assistant for most of my apprenticeship and basically the whole time I worked there, I went on every single job with him. You know, I knew every single thing he was going to do before he knew he was going to do it. Yeah. 
Do you know what I mean? But that's how I learned. Do yeah. you mean I, I learned so much from doing that? Um, I mean, when I get, you know, even when I was artistic director, I was still assisting Trevor on stage. And there was a few people said to me, don't you find that offensive, assisting Trevor on stage? And I'm like, not, not, I don't even understand the question. No. Of, course I, of course I don't. Do you know what I mean? But my job was always to make Trevor's job easier. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. then you pass that down to the people below you. And then I used to train everybody below me. And that's how a, a good salon operates, really. Yeah. And it's, it's insane. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't always easy working there. I'm not, it wasn't always no. easy. No, no. You know, I think, no, I think no. people think sometimes I've had a really easy run of it. Do you know what I mean? And it was it all yeah. fell into place. It's like, God, I've had some big knockbacks and some big learnings. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And some big mistakes. And, you know, it's, it's, it's been a learning curve. I think that's the important thing to get through to people as well, is that we want to inspire the young people for the industry, but we do want to, like, establish the fact that it isn't straightforward, you know. There's yeah. ups and downs, there's peaks and troughs, and this is why the passion's so important. Yes. You need the passion to drive you through those times, don't you? Yes, yes. And I do think that's also helped a lot of people out in times that have been more difficult, is that we all have this common passion that... Our, our jobs can get us through difficult things. Do you know what I mean? I mean, you know, I don't know about you doing your training and coming up through the ranks, how many times you cried. God, I cried so many times. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? When somebody said something to me and you used to take things really personally and you used to, you know, take things, but you just roll your sleeves up, you go back, you go back in the next day and you never do it again. <laughs> no. and, and you learn from it. But, you know, we're really lucky that our lifestyle and our passion for what we do gets us through to the other side of it i think i mean i was probably going i was probably going to leave about every three months yeah i think 100 percent, 100 percent. and I, I think money was quite a bit at the beginning because i think i was earning 12 i think my first wages was 12 pound 50 a week and uh, i know it's relative but it was still very I, it, it's then when your friends start to say that they're earning 100 pound a week and that you have and you're thinking, oh, well, I do more hours than them. Mm. And that's the sort of, they're, they're the things that, um, they're, they're the diversions that sway mm-hmm. from your goal. Mm-hmm. Why you need to have that. Yeah, but maybe that just goal. needs us as an industry to, to, to talk to people honestly about that. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. if, if, you're, if you're in hairdressing for money, I think you're in the wrong job. Yeah. I do. I think you're in the wrong job. Um, and something I've always said to everybody, you know, that's asked me is don't ever chase money. Money will come when it's meant to come. But if you chase it, you're actually never going to earn it. You're never going to get to that point. You know, if you're, if you're fitting an extra client in because you're going to get more money, it's not the same as fitting that client in because she needs you to help her. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a whole different thing do you mean it's a whole different thing so don't ever chase money no i think that's where longevity comes in yeah yeah short term short term success comes from chasing money but long term yeah but then but then if you have that mental approach to you know you want paid more and more and more and more there's going to come a limit but hedgerson doesn't pay more and more and more and more Hmm. there's probably two percent of the industry that earn exceptionally do you know what I mean? So if, if, you're, if you're getting paid that much at a very young age, you haven't really got that much to get to. Yeah. It's like you constantly want to climb. Do you know what I mean? And, and what is it that you're climbing for? It's like, it's like we always say, isn't it? What is success? And success 
it's so many things to so many people. Like it's a whole different thing. But success is definitely respect and pride for me, pride in what I do. And the money will come with it. But if it's money, what you won't end up with is respect and success. Exactly. And I I think uh, everything in life comes back down to balance. Yes. So um, you you can have, um, you know, you can have the most wonderful, fulfilling job but if 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 you if you're not getting any money, yes, you can't feed your kids. So yes. it, 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 so you can be the you can be a saint in one hand, but you know, yeah, it is bad. Hand, you can you can. I've known people who've earned vast amounts of money, mm-hmm. been so unhappy with their life, mm-hmm. unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. It's all about balance. So it's getting, mm-hmm. getting a, a fair reward for what you do. Mm. Also having the passion for what you do. I remember it's unlikely, but um, it was uh, Chris Evans who used to do the the radio show guy. He used to he, when he when he done it was the time he was really successful with Don't Forget Your Toothbrush. Yeah, program. And he was saying, I, ne- I remember him saying that never. He said that never chase money. Just just yeah. what you do, and it, the money will come as you just. Yeah. And I, I think it, I think him and a guy had an idea for the toothbrush in a pub and wrote it on a beer mat. Um, and he said, oh, if, if, we ever, if we do do it, we'll, we'll, we'll go halves. And the guy never needed a contract because when that did come and the money did come in, he, he gave him half of that. Yeah. And I think that's where your integrity and, the, cause, and that's where your success will come, you know? Yes. For, it's, for, that's really hard to explain to youngsters, but yes, it is. Yeah. It it's, is. it's harder, I think, because... The, the, the values have changed. I'm, I'm not. I'm not disrespecting them. It's just that things are different. You know. Yeah. They're not worse. They're not better. They're different now. Yeah. They've got a different mindset. There's a lot of uh, instant gratification nowadays. So, yeah. You know, the work ethic doesn't come into that. You know, because if you've got in, if you've got influencers earning a thousand pound a post, you know, if they're looking to a Kardashian who's got a, a young person who's got a billion pound company, it's very hard for them to have their feet on the ground with what's achievable. And I'm, I'm all for shooting for the moon, but it, it, it's taking those steps and yeah. having realistic goals and as well as the, the unachievable. But, the, you know, and it's there, it's that balance of that again, isn't it? It's, 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 yeah. it's that into them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad I came through the ranks when I did. It's yeah. like, <laughs> no. I am really there glad. There was an answer to that because there isn't an answer, is there? It's, it's, no. It's what motivates um, the young people now. It's finding that, that, that key. And I think what you said is, 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 is the passion and the recognition. Of, yeah, and, of, I, and I do – you can see it when, you, when you've had a team for a long time and you can see, you know, there's a frustration part in the middle of what – what they do and then all of a sudden you can see it all start fit together and that's to do with their confidence yeah I mean it's like we're running this education program at the moment and when I watch Marlon and Grace do it I'm like the proud mum do you know what I mean it's it's I have to be really careful I don't, I don't go behind them do you know what I mean because it's um it's you know watching them for the last six and seven years get better and now watching them totally get it the humbleness the the confidence the willing to educate the you know how they educate is i couldn't have done that with them last year yeah 
But this year, I'm like, you're so ready. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, we were laughing yesterday because Marlon was, um, we, were, we were educating yesterday and I was sitting in the back. They, they run it, I just hang out basically. Um, and Marlon was doing this um, dressing hair on a dolly head. And I said, oh, do you want me to come and assist you? And you could see him kind of go, yes, please. And I thought, do you know, that's a big deal, isn't it? For me yeah. to come and pass pins up to, to, to Marlon and him not go, oh my God, is she going to look at what I'm doing? But it was so lovely that he was just like, yeah, no problem. Like he just had no fear of, Yeah. I, I love that. I, I love seeing people get to that level when they know what they're doing and they don't have to shout loud. Yeah, yeah. It's such a wonderful thing to see. It's like, it's not about how loud you shout. It's about what you do with your hands. And I'm like, oh, my God, when you can understand how to control your hands, I find it so passionate to be around people like that. It's funny you say that as you're waving your hands around. <laughs> I, know, I, I always talk with my hands. It's terrible. Yeah. It's really good to control your hands. Hands. I know, control what you're doing. But it's so lovely to see. And you can see that in the industry when somebody suddenly yeah. gets good and you go, but now you're a force to be reckoned with. Do you know what I mean? Now when you speak, I get it. And when you, I watch your work, I get it. And you've just grown. It's like, it's, it's lovely. It's that quiet authority. Oh, I love it. I, I love it. I find people like that really inspiring to be around. Yeah. I, I, I think as well, you, you've, you've hit on it there, that education is key. Yeah. Education yeah. really is key. And I think it's very easy for... Um, let's say, let's say. I mean, you know, there's thirty to forty thousand salons in the country. You know, there are the, the sort of top small percentage that are, are, are flying. You know, but the, the bulk of salons are everyday. You know, five to seven stylists salons. You know, like, um, and it's very easy to get um, caught up in the break-even mentality. Yeah. You know, like the priorities go. So your biggest priority is to is to pay the rent, is to yep. pay it back, is to pay the suppliers, and yep. you sort of lose focus on, or, you know, setting aside time, yeah, education, setting aside money and budget for education. Education. It's easier yep. said than done when you're up against it, you know. Yeah. But it's so crucial. Yeah. You know. Yeah, because that's what makes your team stronger is if your team are educated well. And also that makes them more motivated that they can see that they're going to grow. Um, but then, you know, thinking about what just what you said, and it's something I always think is, why is it that the salon owner is the one that has to ask them if they want to do education? Yeah. Nobody ever asked no. me to do it or other or you probably. It's like, you know... Why is it that you ask your boss to invest in your education? Yeah. Do, do, do you see what I mean? I'm like, why wouldn't you invest in your education yourself? If you have a weakness in one area of your work, why wouldn't you fix it? <laughs> I think, no, I totally agree. I think um, the, the biggest thing, I did a lot of work with Anna Austin Smith for a while. He taught me a lot um, uh, about, you know, build your column. Yeah, these things and what it is, what the main thing about it was, um, say like a salon stylist, a salon stylist is treat your column as your business. Yeah, and the thing is, is 
when you take when, if 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 you take that away from the fact that you're being employed and um, the, your commission and yep. yeah yeah but then it's like your responsibility as well um, and then sh- anything for nothing is never valued mm. you know the times you know you send someone on a two day course and they don't mm-hmm. go on the second day oh. their dog's not well you know yeah like if they pay for half that course if they ever it's got value value. yeah and I think that's the crucial thing of a a, maybe a partnership idea is that we'll 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 pay half but you've got to pay half yeah or your parents got to pay half but but anything (laughs) that doesn't involve money doesn't have value do you know what I mean it's you know it it definitely has value I mean I'm laughing when you just said that because I remember doing this some um, years ago now we were running education downstairs and I was teaching one day and we'd got these students in and there was these two kids um, that were late for the course and then they sat at the back of the course and they had their feet up on the desk like on, on my chair like that and I was cutting away and I was like so you put it at 90 degrees you know you cut the graduation like this and I just I literally I just went and the two girls at the back of the room can you get your feet off my fucking seats it's so rude and don't ever be late for my course again I was like did I actually just say that out loud <laughs> was I was that like, like a side voice <laughs> yeah it was but I just I, it was like I was teaching I was like two girls at the back get your seat off and I was like oh my god did I actually just say that out loud and I was like I stopped and I said sorry Two girls at the back, can you come to the front, please? Because you're so disengaged, and I want to ask you why. And they were, by, the, by day two, they were brilliant. They were so good. But I had to bring them to the front of the room, front, yes. and I had to split them up, and I had to work it out. Yeah. Um, and, you know, one of them, they were only young, and I was like, your boss has sent you on this. You don't want to be here. You don't know what you're coming on. You have no idea why you're here. And I, you're doing my head in. Like, you're so rude. But actually, once I broke it down and engaged them and we changed things around, it, they, were, they were great. Yeah. But I, I can't believe I said it out loud. Can you imagine? Just pull this angle out. Two girls at the back of the... Get your seat, feet off my fucking seat. I was like... <laughs> did I actually just say that out loud? I was like... Correct, of you, Sally. I know. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. But, you know, they didn't know why they were there. No. And I think... They'd just been told cool. to go. Yeah. You've been sent on something... You know, yeah. Not well, it's what we tend to do with the team a lot is we actually try and work out what it is that they actually want individually because every single person wants something different. Some people want to enter awards. Some people. Um, <laughs> some people want to enter awards is their priority, or they want to do more industry work. Some people actually want to move into a better flat. Yeah. They want to have a one-bedroom flat or a two-bedroom flat, or people want to get married and be able to have children, or there's every single thing is different to every single person, and it's working out as a, as a boss what it is that motivates that person, yeah. because it's not the same thing that motivates everybody. Yeah. Um, and everything's possible. It's just what do you want? What do you want to achieve? And that's you know when we think we have a good balance of team working for us. I think that, I think that's crucial, and it's fact is is, is uh, firstly, knowing your team, yeah, you can't you can't find out what motivates someone until you, if you don't know them. Person, yeah, you know, yeah, uh, and that's a crucial thing. It's hard in a big enterprise. The, the bigger yeah. it is, the harder it is. Um, but that's when your positions are really important. I think, like your, your, you know, what is an art director? Yeah. <laughs> what is a salon manager? What is an assistant manager? What is everybody's roles? 
is how a, a, a good company works for me. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I never forget when I took the job of artistic director at Trevor's. You know, I think I think Trevor always thought that he taught me hair. I think he taught me how to think more than he taught me hair. You know, there's other teachers at Trevor's that taught me hair because they were my trainers and they were the people I was around all the time. But Trevor taught me a lot more than he, he thinks about from, from blunt sentences he used to say to me. Um, and he does say some blunt corker sentences. And you don't take it negatively, but a good example is when I first became art director, I went home and I spent about a week writing a list of everything I was going to do to make this position amazing and what I was going to do with the team. And it, like it was a list and it was all of these things that I was going to change to be the best art director possible. It took me ages to work on this. Came in the office, Trevor, I said, oh, I've, I've done this thing. Can we talk about it? He picked the list up and he literally just went, he read one thing and he went, anyone can write a list. It's much harder to do things than write a list. And he walked out. And do you know what? He's so right. Yeah. Anybody can say what they're going to do, but even if you achieve one of them on your list, you've been doing well. Yeah. But it is, isn't it? We can all write things that we're going to do. We're going to end, yeah. we're going to do this, and we're going to do this, and we're going to earn a million, and we're going to, you can write all of them things down. Yeah. Actually, there's no point writing them down. Just choose one thing and do it well. Yeah. And then choose another one and do it well. And then choose another one and do it well. But like I said, it's like, what is your positions in the salon? is what makes a salon successful. So a lot of people think, for example, an art, an art, and everyone has a different way of thinking as well, is an artistic director is somebody that directs the company artistically yeah. or somebody that does all the big shows or the, the star of the company. That's what a lot of people think. An art director is the star of the company. They do all the big shows. They get all the budgets. They do this. That's not how I think. I think an art director's responsibility is to pass down the knowledge to the people below them so that the company brand stays within the company brand artistically. Yeah. So that's it's how you see different roles. But if that's coming down through a big corporation in the right way, then the person at the bottom should be motivated from the person above them and that person should be motivated from the person above them and then that person, and that's your, your pecking order. And you should always want to be that person. Yeah. So if you're an apprentice and you want, to, want yeah. to buy your own house, you should be really shadowing the person that's got the biggest clientele in the salon. Why have they got the biggest clientele in the salon? Yeah. All you have to do is watch them. There's a reason why. That's what you're learning. Do you know what I mean? If you want to be an artistic director, shadow the artistic director. Why are they the artistic director? What is coming out of their mouth? What are they doing? It's like, that's how you, you grow. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You listen. In, in, and that's the thing you, you it, it's like follow who you want to aspire to be yes you know like you see, there's a thing where in a salon environment that um, there's uh, as you say it, it breaks down into sort of little elements and it can be you know people are in the low paid area which is the staff room or the <laughs> you know you can it's who do you want to do you want who do you want to follow yeah and sometimes it's not the it's not the popular choice to have yeah. being strong enough at a very young age to break out against the popular choice. Yeah. And uh, sometimes it's it's um, and it depends on the environment, but it's breaking away from the uh, somewhat. Sometimes a person who's striving forward isn't the most popular. No. Which is just hierarchy. It's just it's just uh, it's just um, uh, herd mentality sometimes. Yeah. But 
if you want to break away from it is yeah. is is quite hard but it is it's like it's like like choose who you aspire to and work out why they're successful do yeah. it like, just work it out and then find your own way of doing it but it's like it's, it's the same isn't it if somebody says i want to be really good at long hair well be really good at long hair then yeah <laughs> but don't be really good at only one part of it that like, be yeah. patrick cameron be really good at long hair do you know what I mean? yeah like like work out what it is you want to be good at and be really good at it. And then the doors, there's opportunities and the doors open. And that's the thing. It's, 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 that's there again, the combination, finding your passion and then yep. grafting. Grafting. Yeah. It, it's that thing of a thousand hours. You, you, you're not going to get really good at something unless you put the grafting. Yeah. You know? And it's over and above. You have to live this stuff. You know, yeah, but we do. It's like it's 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 a lifestyle. It's not a job. That's what we all say, isn't it? It is a lifestyle. Yeah. It's like it's why we all love talking to each other like this because it's actually like talking to your mate. It's a lifestyle. It's we're all on the same page and we're all on the same wavelength. It's lovely. I, I think. I mean, I I and we're all in our but as you say, bubbles is a thing. Yeah. But we've always been in bubbles. Yeah, We've always been in our little world or our little goldfish bowl. Um, and when I first set out to do haircuts for homeless, it was my focus was on helping homeless people. But the thing what I didn't really expect was how great it was going to be to meet hairdressers as as, as the charity grew um, all around the UK and Ireland. I was I was getting to meet fantastic hairdressers. Mm. And realising that different areas had, you know, there was a common theme amongst hairdressers yeah. in the industry, but there was also things that were just particular to an area, you know, like our Dublin group <laughs> are very different to our Birmingham group and our Essex group and a yeah. you know, Scottish group, you know. Yeah. But there's that fundamental thing that we've all got running through us. Right, yeah. Of, of, of the it's quite unique, isn't it? Yeah, and it... it and as well, you can throw some people together in, in an event that we do. Like they're not events; they're they're ongoing programs that we set up. But you know, like everyone gels immediately. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, got a common thread, a common. As also, someone might struggle a little bit, and you see someone stepping in, and I love. I, that's when I really love it when you see yeah. someone like supporting. No one has to be told to do that stuff. Yeah. You know. Um, and it's been amazing, you know, for me over the last, I think it was seven years this year, to, I've met so many amazing people. Yeah. And talent owners, mm -hmm. and trainees, and people who run a chain, and, you know. And Did, has, it made, has it made you see the, the industry and, and maybe people that you, like hairdressers that you, you saw before and you, you, you thought they were a certain person and then, they're not. Has it made you see the industry different and see people differently doing it? I've always got to be blatantly honest about things. I have to be. And, and, and it's, what it's done, Sally, is made me fall back in love with the industry. Yeah. Because I... Why, why did you fall out of love with it, if you don't mind me asking? That's what I've got to say, because I, I don't like to say it, because we're all about encouraging people to go into the industry, but you've got to be realistic. And um, I've been in it a long time. You know, um, I've been in it, I've done this seven years, I'm 42, so about, I've been in it, in it for about 35 years. Um, 
And then I'd had a series of events of, you know, things that's tough on the high street. It became very tough to run a salon on the high street. Um, and then the, the thing is that it became more about running a business than doing the job I loved. So it was all about, as I said earlier, it can be, you know, paying the rent, paying the VAT, paying the tax, um, motivating staff. Quite lonely, isn't it, sometimes? Yeah, well, I was very lucky because I've always had my sister with me. My yeah, always, I've always had Jamie, yeah. Yeah, always had my sister there behind me 100% of the way. Um, but even then, probably didn't help always because you had, sometimes you become too enabling of each other, you know, like because uh, you, you've been through it and seen it before. And sometimes it's at that um, thing of being tired of saying the same things for a long, long time, tired of saying, you know, if you're going to walk from there to there, can you just take the cups with you? Can you just not, can you not? Can I'm sure we all, we can all relate to this. Yeah, and it's tiring. It's, it's tiring yeah. to keep that, you know. Uh, and then if you, if you throw a few other things in the mix, um, you get punch drunk, I think, of running a business and things not going well. Uh, and clients... <laughs> clients loving some of them but some being so hard to love <laughs> so hard draining you know some of that um and then that day when i first went and cut someone's hair in that homeless center who had, had, there was no agenda there was no money there and, and the gratitude that i got was took me back to being six yeah. took me back to what I went into hairdressing for. Yeah. Took me back to the passion, a really yeah. passion for mm -hmm. And uh, to be honest, it helped them with my salon work. Even mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It, it's, it's infectious because then I, I love doing that more, but also I love being in the, in, in the salon more, and I love, to, I love being with the clients more. Um, and, and so it, it's... It's a funny thing that I now know that after 42 years or something of hairdressing, I still love hairdressing now. Yeah. You know, and that, that's, I'm lucky because not yeah. people can love their job after all them years, all them decades yeah. of, of seeing the changes and um, still loving what I do and love yeah. other hairdressers. And love, I love this platform. I love talking to hairdressers. You know, I've had people like Sam McKnight on, uh, you know, Neil Moody, Adam Reed and I, but it's infectious talking to people who also I, love what I, that is my everyone always says to me where do you get inspired by and I'm like talking to people that love what they do is a hundred percent I could just talk for ages yeah. and it's not just people with, who like in hairdressing actually it's just anyone that is really passionate about what they do is infectious to be around yeah but but anyone that is really negative about what they do I just want to punch I just don't want to be around them. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, I just don't. It's like, that's why it's probably one of the sayings everyone says is, if you have any problems, leave them at the salon door and don't bring them in because there is nothing worse than a wet, mopey person yeah. in your salon. Mm -hmm. I'm like, just get out because the energy affects everybody. Whereas when you talk to people like that really love what they do, the energy level is like, boom. Yeah. You talk to people like this, Ugh. I'm like, just get away from me. I just don't like being around negative people. 
I really like being around positive people. It's like they're, it's like they're dementors, you know, like <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. They suck the life out. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's that feeling, you know, and it's, it is. It's difficult. That's what that's like when you said that when you've had a client that does your head in as well, isn't it? That's the same feeling. I feel like I've been blood sucked. That's why I go to the staff room. Something I say, sorry, I'm a stone thinner because my clients just sucked every part of whatever out of me. I just shake yeah. it off. You know what I mean? I've, and I've had instances where over the years where um, I, I, I've, tried, I've tried to help someone, you know, uh, to help them have a better day. But then I've had instances where I've realised that this person is no good for me, no good for them, it's no yep. good for coming in. And I've, 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 I've sacked them off, you know. And yep. I, I'm really encouraging of people, you know, not willy-nilly and not... Yeah. Uh, it, it's got to be a two-way, it's got to be a, a two-way exchange. Yeah, so, otherwise it doesn't work. The whole environment and atmosphere is just not pleasant for everybody. It's like, it's, it's, a, it's a, that's a, that's a tough one because some, I don't know, just our job, you've actually always got to be positive. Even if it's a negative, you've got to be positive. Yeah. And if something goes wrong, be positive. Like it's, that, that actually helps. I think it helps people do what we do. Yeah, you've got, you've got to be a people person. Yeah. If you're not a people person, <clears throat> this ain't a game for you. No. <laughs> no, you, no, and you've got to be a listener. You've, you've really got to be a listener. I'm, I'm laughing as well because I'm like, you know, one of the things everyone says is like, what's the best thing about owning a salon? And I'm like, best thing about owning a salon is I can ban some clients from coming to me. Yeah. Sometimes I'm just like, no, this isn't going to work. It's just, it's just not going to work. Your name in my twelve clients is is making me have a bad day. So yeah. I'd rather you just went to a different salon. It's just, yeah. just, just don't come in. You know, when you work for someone, you can't really ban clients. But when it's your oh. own salon, you're just like, just, yeah. just no. no. I, 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 <laughs> I, I've had that in, you know, uh, people don't know what they're doing sometimes. I mean, bless them, they're just unaware of how they affect other people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there was a woman used to come in and it was almost like, you know, in um, uh, in a, the dinosaur film, you know, when the, the, the dinosaurs come in and the water goes in, the, you see the water come in. It was almost like yeah. you could see it coming across the <laughs> coming across yeah. the, shops, the, the town centre and it was almost feeling like the, <laughs> the ground was moving. Yeah. Physically, but spiritually. <laughs> and uh, and uh, one day I thought, and then she, this day she tore into my stylist. Uh, yeah. And I said, look, she went to book. <laughs> I went, sorry, don't, you, I, I don't want to read book. You yeah. Know? And then they're so offended. They're so shocked. Oh, so shocked. So shocked. It's, it's quite funny, isn't it? So I've got uh, somebody that I do in the salon and he's, he's always rude to my receptionist. My reception team are incredible. Like Roy basically runs my salon. Yeah. Like, you know, he is incredible. Always rude, always blunt, you know, been doing, doing the hair for years. And one day he was just rude to my reception. I came around and, um, and he, I was running one minute late. I never run late, by the way. I'm really, really disciplined. I don't run late. He went, I don't pay you to keep me waiting. I was running one minute late. I don't pay you to keep me waiting. I said, let's just make this really simple. Either you apologise or I don't cut it. I'll give you five minutes when I clean my station to work it out. But if you don't, if you don't apologise, I don't cut it. I loved watching him apologise. 
Yeah. And do it. I did. I did. I was like, you just need to apologize. It's like, you're just rude. Do you know what I mean? And then from then on, for the last five or 10 years, we've actually had a lovely relationship. But I was like, you're yeah, just, yeah. just know, you know, I'm not a robot. I use that sentence so many times. I'm not a robot. My team are not robots. We're human beings. Yeah. And there's things that make us run late and there's things that are out of our control and there's situations that happen and there's clients that tell you things that you've got to spend more time with. We're not robots. If you want to see a robot, go to a different salon. Yeah. But in here, all my team are good. Speak to them with respect. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Or go to a different salon. There's loads of salons. Just don't come to mine. I'm like, just don't come to mine. Well, yeah, the thing I, love is, that. And I love this. I love this. I really, really love this stuff because I think that in, on the whole, that we don't, we're not strong enough. You know, the industry isn't strong enough in its self-belief. Yeah. They've, they've heard so much of we're just hairdressers and all that stuff. But summertime, so we're guilty of that ourselves. Yeah. That we don't take yeah. ourselves seriously. That we will, and the, the thing is the dentist, you know, we're scared of the dentist. We don't. <laughs> we're scared we to be late. We're, yeah. we're scared to be late. We won't be late, you know, and all of that stuff. But then we accept it. Yeah. Except I see these loads of forums on Facebook, lots of the hairdressing forums and that that I see. And it's that, does everyone take deposits? Should I take a deposit? Should I do this? Should I do that? Yes. Yes, you should take a deposit for a big colour job. Yes, you should enforce it if there's no reasonable, you know. Uh, because if you don't take yourself seriously, no one else is going to. But, yeah. And why is your time any less valuable than a dentist? Yeah. Uh, I disagree with all of that stuff. You know, like we are, but we have to take uh, action ourselves. We have to take ourselves more seriously for others to do that. Yeah, but I think the whole industry needs to do that. It yeah. can't be half the industry. That's the no. thing it has to be the whole industry. Maybe we should come up with another sentence how we speak about ourselves because we all do go, I'm just a hairdresser. I do it. What do you do? I'm just a hairdresser. Like, it's just, a, it's just how we speak. It's like, I don't mean I'm just a hairdresser. It's just what we say. Yeah. Maybe we need to find a new sentence. I'm, I'm, I'm the world's worst. I'm moaning people don't take themselves, take yeah. me seriously. And I, I don't yeah. take myself seriously at all. So how can I moan? Yeah. I, you know, I answer the phone. So it's only me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Saying it's only me. You know? Yeah. That's really funny. No one takes me seriously. And I, I'm yeah. laughing, <laughs> you know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And that, that, but there, there has to be a point where you come from. It's, I think, I think it's about value. So it doesn't yeah. have to be serious, but it's about value, and it's valuing yourself yeah. and valuing yeah. your time. How much is your time worth? You know, we've only got so many hours, so many years on the planet. We've only got so yeah. many hours in them years. How much is that hour worth? You know, is it only worth a tenner? No. But you've got to believe it. There's yeah. no putting a value on something and not not really believing it. Yeah. It's not about who can charge the most, but it's who can charge the right amount that you're happy with and that client thinks you're worth. You know? Yes. That is that is the balance and that's Yeah. That but you just made it sound really simple. It's not that simple, but yes, it is like that. But that's how you, you kind of work with your team. That's why there's different levels, isn't there? It's like an experience and, yeah. you know, for me, for me, experience is the biggest thing. Yeah. And that doesn't mean, doesn't mean you're a better hairdresser. It's okay. a, it's a, it's an experience thing. Do you know what I mean? If I, like sometimes if I have a new client in the salon, I'm like, I'll do it this time. But after that, I think you should see. Yeah. Darcy. Yeah. 
Do, do you know what I mean? It's because you're going to then see Darcy every six weeks, whereas you're going to save up to see me every six months. And, yeah. you know, it's, you know, they're more than capable of doing it, but would they, would, you know, whoever it is, I'm not saying Darcy particularly, but, but would a younger stylist have, have made the decision to change your hair in the way that I have? That's what you're paying for is experience. But can they cut it as well as I cut moving forward? A hundred percent. Yeah. Do you agree? A hundred percent. And most of what we do is experience and confidence to be able to charge money. That's that's the biggest thing for me. I think but it doesn't mean that they can't do it as well as me. Oh, and that's the point of a multi-layered price list. A hundred percent. Yeah. Use it. Use it for what it's not it's not just it's not just like labels on things. Yeah. It's there for a reason. It's there for a reason, yes. I used to I used to do the same. I used to sometimes say, Look, why don't like come and add me? So yeah. my, my clients used to say, Look, you're my Marks and Spencers. Yeah. So, like once a year, she'd come and see me, and yeah. the year she'd have someone on the lower lower price. Yeah. To maintain, but yeah. I was a little like every now because you. Yeah, same as me. I've got lots of clients like that, and I, I actually love that because I feel yeah. like that's what makes me have a really successful salon is yeah. that my clients will see other people without thinking that I'm offended. That's a really healthy thing for me to have. Really healthy thing for me to have. I hundred percent agree, and I think that's yeah. part of the whole ethos of having a team of people yes and a team of different personalities it's why we always we, as well we try and employ a mix of different people I mean, we laugh with it with that when we have um parties and things because we go if you put my team in any other situation they would never have been friends at school they would never go out and do you know they're just they're just the most mixed group of people but for some reason that works because they're all so different, they all have different strengths, they all have different likes, they all have different activities that they like doing, they all bring something different to the table. But if you'd have put if you put a group of the same people together, it's just that's a car crash. Yeah. It's a car crash. Because they're all fighting over the same things and they all have the same conversation. Whereas our staff room is so diverse yeah. of what people have been doing at the weekends and it, that's that's what makes it work is the mix of yeah. people that just want to be good at what they do I'm, I'm not a massive football fan but I think a lot of it I think football relates so well to running a team yeah the fact that you don't have a team of defenders yeah 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 you wouldn't have a team of goalies yeah no. it wouldn't work no you need that you need you need you need that sort of broad spectrum of people yeah. who bring something else because also then you've got a broad spectrum of team because you have a broad spectrum of clients. Yeah. So, you know, hairdressing is easy. As long as you can get that client to see the right person, it's a win-win. Yeah. Sometimes in the salon, you know, I remember a situation where I had um, two new clients booked in with two of the team that were working behind me. And I watched them both do the consultation. And I just said to my client, just excuse me one moment. And I just turned around and went, guys, swap clients. I was like, you've just got the wrong clients because... This one wants this amazing wedding trial hair up. Russell can't put hair up to save his life. This one wants a complete whatever, which yeah. is Russell's sort of client. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, just swap clients. And they were both like, thank God you said that. And I was like, don't ever be afraid to say, no. you're not with the wrong person. You're, you're with the wrong person. This person is better for you because that will build the trust of the client. You're just with the wrong, wrong people. But we have like a whole, we call it a menu there was once I was going to write the um, price, I was going to write the, the website and call everybody, um, uh, buy, a, buy a bottle of wine. 
So one of my staff is more robust and I was like, full-bodied Chardonnay. And I was like, maybe this isn't a good idea. But I was trying to get it so that, you know, the, 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 the client can actually choose the person that they want, like a menu, because that's when they know that the fit is right. But I was like, full-bodied Chardonnay didn't go down very well. Everyone was like, maybe not, Sally. But it is, it's, it's a menu. It's I met a menu. a night out once when I was young, full-bodied Chardonnay. Full-bodied Chardonnay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was having such a giggle doing it, and I was like, "Oh, maybe this doesn't work. <laughs> maybe it's a little bit borderline." Yeah, but yeah, but it'd be easier, wouldn't it? Is this person is this this is what they like? This is the client. Put them together, then you've got a successful salon. That's it. The menu type of thing is, is yeah. crucial. You know, like yeah. somehow put that in that people yeah. have a choice. That, you know, yeah. you're, you're visiting the salon. You're visiting the team. Yeah, your choice, and you know. Like we used to sometimes, someone would do the colour, someone did the cut, and it's, yeah. it's just that, yeah. you know, like, it's making the most of everything. But if, at the end of the day, everyone wins because they all come into the salon. Yes. You know, yes. That, that, that's the thing with it. Um, where do you, so, we, we, I've, I think we've, time goes so fast when I talk to you. But like, so before we finish, yeah, like, you know, we're coming out now. We're coming out of this. Um, yeah, what do you see now for the rest of the year? I think it's going to be tough. Yeah. I do. Um, I think we're walking back into a four-week honeymoon period, Christmas period, and then we're walking up out to, I don't know, nobody really knows, but I'm going to say the wheels will fall off like they did last time. Yeah. What we've all learned from the first time around, though, is that we all have the ability to rebuild this. Yes. Um. And I see this as a really good opportunity to put changes in place that we would have maybe wanted to do before and not been brave enough to do. That's across the whole industry, actually, by the way, I feel like this. I I really, really hope that we don't come back the same as we were before. Um, We've definitely put new things into the salon and new um, ways of working that we will continue to do. And we will continue to make changes that we weren't doing before. Um, And I really hope that the industry comes back with some fresh ideas and doesn't go back to the same award platforms and the same ways of doing things and that we actually find a different way of doing it. And I think that's quite exciting. And I think as long as people see this as opportunity and exciting, together we can all get through this. If we all try and fight each other and discount and offer, we are not going to get through this together. Do you know what I mean? If we all are brave enough to pick up the phone and ask for help, we will get through this together. And if we are brave enough to, like I say, to make some changes that maybe the industry needed, we will be fine. But I think it's going to be an interesting year. I think it's going to be a year of mentally staying strong. Yeah. And I think it's going to be a year of rebuilding what we what we had into something different. And I think that's, if we look at it the right way, quite exciting. I I, I couldn't agree more. I, I really I'm really pleased you said that. I think it's 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 wise words, and it's about hope, um, but it's about embracing change because you cannot go yeah. in a cataclysmic like this and not expect there to be some change. Yeah, know? and I think you know I think I think on a lot of ways we we needed change and we needed a little bit of a kick up the arse and you know it's made us evaluate our salons differently and Mm. 
you know, what the priority is. And, you know, for me, the priority 100% is looking after my clients. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've refused any jobs in the first four weeks of opening because my priority is my team, it's yeah. my clients, it's resetting, making sure my team are all, all it, they're looked after yeah. if they need anything from me. So, you know, you know, I have been asked to do quite a few external things from the salon in the first four weeks. And it's like I said, my four weeks priority is my salon. And it is my team, and I and I won't be taking anything on for them four weeks. And then after that, there will be time to then educate your team more and, and be with your team because we're going to have a flat point. But a flat point, we might all need it. Yeah, we don't need it for long, but we're going to be exhausted after four weeks. So you know, we need to make sure that our team are healthy and that they're, they're capable of looking after the clients. And then we're going to have a downtime that we're going to be able to have time to reassess what we're doing yeah. for the rest of the year. And then to get to the end of the year is going to be incredible but you know it's it's not doing things that are going to cost a lot of money not doing things that are going to make people think you're doing better than you are it's actually just focusing on what we actually need to do and coming out at the end well i'm um, sally i'm so glad i've managed to catch her before the four week starts <laughs> but, but do uh, you agree with that it's like you know yeah. you have you know i have got a responsibility to my client so i have got a responsibility to my team yeah and yeah. To be perfectly honest, we're lucky that we've got six weeks to do anything else before that. Yeah. You know, so, we're, you know, we're now starting to bring our teams back together and making sure that they're educated and make sure they, they're, they're all ready to go. And, you know, they've got the right outfits to wear to work and everyone's going to get their hair done and, you know, everyone's good to go. Yeah. You know, there's no excuse. We have six weeks and then we've got six, four weeks of bums down, heads up, heads down, bums up. That's the one. Do you know what I mean? Putting some money in the till so that it can get us through the next bit. And then the next bit is using, utilising that time. That's that's how I see it. Yeah. No, it's crucial. And we've got to do the same thing for our charity. We've got to yep. get people right. We've got to reshore shore up the existing projects, some we've lost, uh, get things get things steady and yep. then rebuild. For, I think I see that yeah. this year, reshoring and, and, and opening some under that have been waiting and then, and then growing next year. That's yeah, it is. It's getting things steady, yeah. stable, rebuilding, and then deciding what you want to do. Build a good foundation again. Yeah. And then, and then we can move. And then do it. But Sally, it's been wonderful to speak to you. Uh, I've loved the interruptions. I've uh, really enjoyed myself. I know it's been good because it's, it's flown by. It feels like 10 minutes. It's over yeah. now. So uh, I really wish you the best. Can't wait to see you in person. I'm going to come and see you as soon as this is all finished. Yeah, it'd be lovely. That's the thing that we all want, isn't it, actually? Yeah. We, we, and we're also quite tactile, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I don't like this. Hello. I'm, I'm not really yeah. into that. I'd rather no. give somebody a big hug. I'd rather just no. wait. I'll give it four weeks when you... Yeah, yeah. Give yeah. me four weeks. Give me four weeks to get through I'll, my plate. I'll yeah. come to the center and have a coffee. Yeah. We'd lo- see, we, that's what I miss, is actually going for coffee with people. Yeah. More than anything, I miss going for coffee with people. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll get there. We will get We will. There. Sally Brooks, thank you very much. Just over five years ago, I did something that changed my life. What it did, more than I could have ever realised, it helped me. I have met some absolutely amazing people, some of the people that work in some of these places. Many of them are volunteers, but some of them, it is their job. This is more than a job, this is a calling.